Hello and welcome. My name is Alice and you are listening to the Backtracker History Show podcast. Crafted by me, a self-confessed history geek who enjoys those stories from the past that might have been forgotten. The Backtracker History Show is first aired on Bradley Stoke FM in Bristol, England, before being plonked onto the podcast stage for all to enjoy. Now, if you enjoy the show, don't forget to share or leave feedback. It all helps. Keep in touch by either Twitter or Facebook by using at Backtracker UK with a capital B, capital T and a capital UK. Our story today is called The Temple Mead Shooting. It was a cold autumnal Monday morning on Platform 5 at Temple Mead Station in the centre of Bristol on the 15th of October 1917. But even though it was 1am, the area was packed. Soldiers were waiting for their train to start them on their journey back to the trenches in France to continue fighting in World War I, and with them, scores of loved ones cherishing those last precious moments before they went off. Ada Emily Webb and her friend Miss Wynne was just a few of those people who were on Platform 5 at the station when she heard a woman scream, Don't do it! Don't do it! Oh my God! Don't do it! She was only a few feet from the woman who was facing a soldier with her arms raised in surrender. The woman was 27-year-old Bessie Cross, and the soldier was her husband, 32-year-old Private Albert John Cross, of the 2-5 Gloucestershire Regiment. The soldier was fingering the trigger of the rifle. Ada thought it was some kind of joke, a bit of fun between the couple. But Albert put the butt of the rifle to his waist, pointing it at the woman's abdomen and pulled the trigger. The injured woman seemed to twist her body and fell backwards, crying out, I'm hurt! I'm hurt! Ada rushed to help the woman, lifting her to a seat and sending for the ambulance. The injured woman said, Oh my dear little baby! My poor little baby! Ada asked, What baby do you mean? And she replied, My baby's at home. Do we take care of my babies? Oh, I'm going to... I know I'm going. The ambulance arrived, and Ada went with Bessie to the hospital. After the rifle had been fired, Albert rested the butt on the ground and stood quite still until his arrest by the military police. While they were taking him away, he said, I have shot my wife, adding... 
that she was in a certain condition by another man. The autopsy confirmed that Bessie was indeed six months pregnant. Albert was taken to Bedminster Police Station and charged with the murder of his wife, but he made no reply. Mrs Florence Hodder, the mother of the victim, stated at the coroner's inquest, which was held at the Merchant Street Court, that Bessie had been caught meeting a certain Mr Jim King from his work. Florence also said that she too had had many drinks with her daughter and Jim. Florence said that Bessie and Albert were very unhappy together and they were jealous of one another. She had warned Bessie to give up Jim King as he was a married man and Albert would surely find out about it all. When Albert's mother, Mrs Mary Jane Cross, came to the stand, she said that she thought the relationship between her son and Bessie was happy and comfortable and that he was a good father and husband. She also went on to say that she had received a most nasty letter from Jim King. During the inquest, a letter was read out from Jim King that was dated the 23rd of August 1917 and sent to Albert. The letter warned Albert of his wife's affair, but stating that he would have nothing more to do with her. He added, I do not know if your wife has written to you to let you know. I have had nothing to do with her since August the 13th. When PC Tyler went to the cross house in Baptist Mills in Bristol to search the premises, he found a bundle of letters behind a photograph on the fireplace in the back bedroom. One was written from Albert, replying to Jim's letter. Just a line to let you know that I am in receipt of your letter, which of course was not very interesting to me. My opinion of you and my wife are a pair well met. You are trying to blame her and she is trying to blame you. If you have a family, I'm sorry for them and your wife. It's me and my little boys that got to suffer, but you won't get off scotch-free if I can help it. You have played with my wife for eight months, and now you grow tired of her, you write to say it's most time I knew all about it. Seems to me you've made a hobby of hunting up women who have husbands serving their country, or some poor widow, and you ruin them and cast them aside. Why don't you be a man and stand by the woman you've ruined? So far as I'm concerned, I live only for my little boys. I have finished with her, but I am not going to see her ruined by a coward like you. I am her husband, and I love her, and I mean to protect her. From Mr Cross, whose home you have ruined. Albert also wrote a letter to his wife Bessie, dated the 6th of September. It said... Just a line to let you know that I am alright at present, bar upset. Yes, I came through the battle alright, and I hope I shall come home safe, for the sake of the little boys. I have had a long letter from the man that you say is the father of your expected child. You can see the letter I've had from him, and you can see what kind of character he has given you, and says that if it were not for the four children he would have given you a hiding. He says that you are the worst liar he knows of, and after all this, you have the cheek to say that you have looked after my children and loved them. 
and you have been misconducting yourself with this man and others ever since last December. Well, I have been going through hardships out here. As regards the children, they will be far better off and will soon get used to being away from such a mother as you. What steps I take is what I do of my own will. You are a cruel, lying woman, and I don't care if I never hear from you again. I know that if I was to get knocked out, the tears you would shed would be crocodile tears. You say you can't starve. Look to my king for pity. Love for my boys. In reply to that letter, Bessie wrote, I confess I have done wrong, but only with one man. This is revenge, what he said he would have. As you said there is no forgiveness, I must go into the workhouse until I am out of trouble, like I did with my first boy. If you are going to take my little boys away from me, that will break their little hearts and mine. I will make him suffer for this. If I go out there, I shall be out of everyone's way, and all I hope is I die while I am going through it. For I hope that you will be happy when I am gone. So good night, Bessie. Love from the children. Jim King has been called to the stand. He's an engineer's fitter from Barton Hill. He admitted to writing a letter saying that he'd been having an affair with Albert's wife for eight months and had brought her things. He also admitted to writing to Albert's mother as well. Jim King said that Albert had asked him to come and see him and Bessie and to bring his wife along. It was then, face to face, that Jim confessed to Albert that he had indeed been having an affair with Bessie and that he also knew of Bessie's condition. At this meeting, Jim King's wife was understandably upset and said that he had already had nine living children. Albert had then said to her, I am sorry for you, Mrs King. It has been a great trouble, but I will forgive them. The coroner described Jim King's letter to Albert as the most dastardly act that could possibly be imagined and commented that the most remarkable feature of the case was the extraordinary charity Albert had shown in forgiving Bessie and the absence of any dispute during the ten days he was home from France. Walter Hart, an inspector with the NSPCC, said that on the 9th of October he had an interview with Albert and Bessie and that Bessie had made a confession as to her pregnancy. Walter went on to say that Albert expressed great sorrow for his wife and great affection for her. He finished his statement by saying that he had never known a man under such circumstances speak so well of his wife. He also said that he had freely forgiven her. After 30 minutes deliberation, the jury returned a verdict of willful murder against Albert Cross under great provocation. They added a condemnation of Jim King, saying, the conduct of King is most reprehensible, he being responsible for all the trouble and deserving the severest of punishments. Mr. Barker, the coroner, then called Mr. King to the stand and before the hushed room said, You heard the jury censor, King. I have to say that I heartily agree. 
they have returned a verdict of willful murder against Albert Cross, but there is only one man responsible for that woman's death. That man is you. Go. My book of the week is The Very Cute Little Book of the Tudors by Annie Bullen. Now, don't let its size fool you because it is absolutely cram-packed. Lots of really tasty little bits of information that you may not have known about the Tudors. Covering a wide range of topics to do with the Tudors, this little book breaks it down into very easily digestible chunks. You'll also find some fun facts in there, like... Catherine of Aragon and Elizabeth I both had monkeys for pets, and Henry VIII joisted under the name of Sir Loyalheart. And now it's time for some back in the day facts. Did you know? On the 6th of June, 1949, the novel 1984 was published by George Orwell. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And if... On the 6th of June, 1944, four years after that rousing and prophetic speech by Sir Winston Churchill, more than 150,000 British, US and Canadian troops landed on the beaches of Normandy in northern France in Operation Overlord, better known as D-Day. This was the beginning of the Allied invasion of Europe that would ultimately lead to victory in World War II. It was an amphibious operation under the supreme command of General Dwight D. Eisenhower, with troops landing by air and sea. The Germans put up some really strong resistance with their coastal batteries, but the number of casualties was relatively small, and did not prevent the inland advance from proceeding almost exactly to plan. Now this is a cool fact. On the 7th of June, 1946, BBC television resumed normal transmissions after World War II with the same Mickey Mouse cartoon that had been showing when the service was shut down in September 1939. But let's go back to the 7th of June, because two... Pop legends were born on that day. The Welsh singer Tom Jones was born in 1940 and the US pop singer Prince was born in 1958. The word of the week this week is crump hole. Now, crump is an old English dialect word for hard hit or blow that, after 1914, came to be used for the explosion of a heavy artillery shell. A crump hole was a crater that the shell left behind. (laughs) 
And now we come to the final part of our story of the shooting at Temple Meads. The atmosphere in the courtroom for this particular case was emotionally charged and the interest was phenomenal. Albert Cross faced a magistrate at Bristol Police Court wearing his khaki fatigues. There he said, I am not guilty and I wish to call evidence. Jim King was then called to the stand and once again told this story. Albert's solicitor had the clear strategy of trying to say his client wasn't guilty of willful murder. He made a clear plea to the bench that they must be absolutely clear that they were satisfied beyond mere suspicion. He went on to say that Albert Cross had shown nobility of character in his forgiveness. Cross had publicly forgiven his wife and Albert's solicitor claimed that Albert was merely in a playful mood as suggested by Ada Webb when he pointed the rifle at Bessie, unaware that it was loaded. The bench still felt that Albert should go to the trial for willful murder. At the trial, the same evidence was inspected. The prosecuting counsel, Mr Weatherly, asked for the letters to be read out to the court by the clerk of the Assize, as he couldn't guarantee that he could contain his emotions. In the very full public gallery, women were heard to sob and weep. One woman had to be led out due to her distressed emotions. It was the reply from Albert Bessie that really made the viewers weep openly. Dated the 26th of August, Albert went on to say, Just a line to your letter confessing your misconduct and your condition. Well, Bess... You know I've not got a hard art, but I must look after the welfare of my little boys. You say I might be happy when you are gone, but Bess, I still love you more dearly than I can tell you. Have I not told you times we've been talking quietly, how those dirty blackguards go hunting for women who have got their husbands away, and what they do when they get tired of them? But you would not listen to me. I've prayed to God more than once for you and the children and asked him to guide you. I hope you don't think, my dear, I'm glad to hear of this, because I am broken-hearted. I was hoping it was not true, but you confess it is true. I've taken steps to have my children taken away, and you must know I've shed many a tear, as well as you and the children. You see, Bess, my love, you have brought sorrow to us all. Could you not see this when this dirty cur fellow was after you? Bess, if you listen to me, I will be your friend as long as I live. If you knew what we have to go through, you would have gone straight. But the damage is done now, and all the bitter feeling won't do any good. Ask God to take care of you, and I will pray for you as well, Bess. Try to be a different woman, for the children's sake and mine. Love for my boys, Albert. The defence claimed that this letter showed exactly what a God-fearing and clean-minded man Albert was, and that he had clearly forgiven his wife. This was even echoed by the prosecution. When the judge, Lord Coleridge, made his final speech, he said that the letters were enough 
to move the most callous to sympathy, but that the jury must nevertheless be true to the facts of the case. The death, by shooting, of a young woman who was pregnant and shot by her husband. Lord Coleridge also made a comment about Albert's letter of the 26th of August. This letter was one which any of them would have been proud to have written. Whereas that from King to Cross making allegations against the woman with whom he was actually making assignations at the time showed a depravity which was quite the contrary of the prisoner's letter. The judge went on to say that Bessie Cross's death could have been a terrible accident in a playful moment and not even the prosecution had suggested that Albert Cross brought a loaded gun over from France with the intention of killing his wife. It was quite evident that the judge was on Albert's side and when addressing the fact that after the shooting, Albert hadn't rushed to his wife to try and help her, he said, Happily, the feelings of soldiers with regard to death and wounds was blunted in warfare, and therefore they must not apply to the prisoner. On that point, quite the same rule they would be justified in doing if he were an ordinary individual. A consistent theme running throughout the trial was that here was a soldier fighting for his country in France, and all the while a devious, cowardly married man with nine children had taken advantage of his wife in his absence. To make matters worse, once he had found out about Bessie's pregnancy, he then went on to write letters to both Albert and Albert's mother to inform them all about what had been going on. In the end, it took only 90 minutes for the jury to find Albert Cross not guilty. The applause was deafening, but quickly silenced by the court officials. Private Albert Cross set off back to France on the 15th of October, 1917. I hope you found that story quite interesting. It was brought to life even more by some of the actors from St. Stephen's Drama Group in Bristol. Debbie Townsend played Bessie, Nick Stott was Albert, and Joe Wilson played the judge. I think you'll agree with me that they did a wonderful job. In case you're wondering, I did try and find out what happened to Albert Cross afterwards, but I found it quite difficult. So if there's anyone out there who can do it, or has the urge, just get in touch and let me know how you get on. Now, I did have a joke in here to tell you about pizzas, but my children told me it was a little cheesy. I thought I'd give you some information about Bristol Temple Meads Railway Station, the scene of today's events. It was opened on the 31st of August, 1840, and is the largest railway station in Bristol in England. The name Temple Meads derives from the nearby Temple Church, which was gutted by bombing during World War II. The word meads comes from an old English variation of meadow, referring to the water meadows alongside the River Avon that were part of Temple Parish. As late as 1820, the site was undeveloped pasture outside the boundaries of the old city, some distance from the commercial centre. It lay between the floating harbour and the city's cattle market, which was built in 1830. 
The original terminus was built around 1840 for the Great Western Railway, the first passenger railway in Bristol, and was designed by the famous Isambard Kingdom Brunel, the railway's engineer. You have been listening to me, Alice, on the Backtracker History Show. Now, this podcast has been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. If you liked it, please leave a rating and maybe a comment. If you didn't, well, let's just leave it at that, shall we? I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook using at UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. Or, alternatively, you can email me at info at backtracker.co.uk. By the way, the tune in the background, that's by The Model Folk. You can find out more about them at themodelfolk.com. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, guys, take care and look after each other. <laughs>